Let's give the Lord praise and glory. Give him praise. I know, I know, some of y'all, some of y'all don't know this, but some of y'all do know I can read minds. <laughs> and uh, anytime, anytime something like this, we present this idea or, or somebody uh, is showing, hey, we're going to take our family, this sweet little family, and, and move to the other side of the world away from everything we know, uh, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. One question is why? Why would he do that? I mean, this sweet little family, why would they pick up and sell everything they have and go to the other side of the world? Why, why would they do that? And, and sometimes uh, the question is this. Uh, well, we've got, a, we've got orphans over here too. We've got orphans over here, and, and that's true. They're, that's not, they're, I, I cannot argue that at all. So, so why, why should we leave here and go over there if we still have needs here? So that's a, that's a, that's a legitimate question, and, and we'll have to ask why. Why are we doing this? Well, I, I want to I show you just three verses here in Acts chapter number 16, or, or excuse me, 13, and I believe we can answer those questions and show you uh, what this is all about. And, and not only do that, but we get to practice it. We'll be able to practice and do what we read here in Acts chapter 13. So if you're ready, say amen. All right, look here on the screen or in, your, in your, your, your Bibles, Acts 13, verse 1. Now, there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Serene and Manian, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Saul would be Paul, by the way. By the way, for those not familiar with that, that is the Apostle Paul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost, who? The Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, or the Apostle Paul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. They sent them away. Let's, let's pray and we'll get started. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for a chance to study your word, to not just study it, and learn, but to practice it. We get to do what we're fixing to read and, and look at here. I pray that you'll bless this room, bless the people here. I pray your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Now, let me give you a brief, a brief uh, review of Acts, the book of Acts, from Acts 1 to Acts uh, chapter number 12. Uh, in the book of Acts, we know this is a history uh, some call it the acts of the early church, the acts of the Holy Spirit, uh, or the acts of the apostles. In other words, it's a history book. It is a history book. It tells you the history of the early church. Now, we know it started in Jerusalem after the ascension of Christ. Uh, Jesus said in Acts 1, he said, but ye shall uh, be witnesses unto me, right? Ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the... The uttermost. In other words, I want you to go from where you're at all the way to the ends of the earth. Uh, we know the Bible says he told them, preach the gospel to every creature. He said, go ye into all the world making disciples. And all God's people say it. So in the very early beginning, but right before Jesus went back to heaven, he told everybody, go and make disciples. Go and preach the gospel. Go and tell everybody. Go, 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 go. 
But we find in the beginning of the book of Acts, several chapters in, after he told them to go, they hadn't gone nowhere. Are y'all with me? They were staying in Jerusalem. They were comfortable. How many of y'all know comfort is a dangerous thing sometimes? When we get comfortable, we don't do what God's commanded us to do. Well, how many of y'all know God won't let you stay that way? God will stir up the nest, right? He will, he will get in your comfort zone and make you very uncomfortable to go do what he said. And, and y'all know what happened. I'm preaching to the choir here. Y'all know what happened. God allowed persecution. And by that matter of fact, the apostle Paul was one of the persecutors before Jesus found him. Amen. And so they, they, people started getting thrown in jail. People started losing their jobs. People started dying for their faith. And this is what happened. The Christians that were settled and comfortable in Jerusalem were scattered everywhere. You know where they went? You know where they went? Judea, Samaria, and are y'all with me? Well, here in Antioch, here in Antioch, we find a, a group of believers because of the persecution that happened in Jerusalem from, from Acts 1 to Acts 12, we find that the gospel had gotten to Antioch. All right, Antioch is a Gentile area, but here we see the, there is a transition that takes place. In the first half of Acts, the, the key figure was the apostle Peter. The key place was Jerusalem. Are y'all with me? And the key people were the Jewish people. The main people coming to Christ were the Jewish people. Well, now things change. Now we are leaving Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and we're going, and the, now the headquarters is Antioch. Now the key figure is the Apostle Paul, and now the key people will be the Gentile people. If you follow me, say amen. Now, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting somewhere, but I want to set the table before we eat dinner. Say amen. amen. Up until this point, up until this point, the gospel had spread by force, if you will. And I, I was going to say the gospel got spread accidentally, but it wasn't accidentally. God was all behind it, right? He's, his hands was all in it. But he had to force them out of Jerusalem to spread the gospel. So it was kind of like a forced spreading of the gospel. But things are going to change. Now God is going to call specific people for a specific purpose. Instead of uh, them running for their lives, and that's what was happening, they were not they were not being they were not leaving Jerusalem to go be missionaries. They were leaving Jerusalem to save their life. They just happened to be telling Jesus about it when they went. Does that make sense? Now, this situation is God specifically calling them to go to a foreign field and share the gospel. So, let's answer the question, why? What in the world, what in the world would possess a man and a woman, because if she don't go, he don't go, say amen. amen. What would possess them? They got a little baby about this big, I mean, just a little old bitty one, and, 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 and two cute little ones, I mean, just cute as a button. And, and what would make them pile up and go across the ocean to give their life to people they don't even know and leave all the people they do know? What sane human being would do that? I'll tell you one. One that is called. Called. 
I want you all to write that down. First of all, the first thing we see in these three verses is the Spirit's call. Say that with me, everybody. The Spirit's call. Everybody say it. The Spirit's call. The Spirit's call. The Spirit's call. Now, you're going to just have to keep playing with it because it's, it's pulling down. Uh, you cannot do what they are fixing to do without the call of God on your life. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. In the widest sense, in the widest sense, we all are called. Now, let me show you. Look at your, look at your verse. Look at your, your verse uh, underneath your point, point number one. <clears throat> Under point number one. What, what, what does it say? He, he's talking, uh, Paul is talking about being called to be an apostle, right? Romans 1, verse 1. Can we put that on the screen? Romans 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, read the next sentence for me. What's it say? Everybody say it real loud. Called to be an apostle, separated in the gospel of God. But then watch, then watch. Watch what it says. The next verse. Concerning, uh, nah, nah, back up, back up. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was met, no, that's not it. Verse number, verse number two, verse number two, or I ain't got my glasses. Can I have them again? I, I, I lost them in the first one. He went and got them this morning and it's all right, Willie. It's all right, Willie. Have a seat. You've got to break this time. I, oh yeah, that'll work right there. All right, verse 7, verse 7. It's Romans 1, verse 7. Now, in verse 1, it says Paul was called to be an... Everybody say it, called to be an... Now, verse 7 says, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God... That's talking about all the church people. That all that be in Rome, beloved of God, what does the next thing say? Everybody say it. So we all have a calling. We are called to be saints. We are called to be holy. We are called to share our faith. We're called to make disciples. All of us are. So in the largest sense, we're all called. We all have a job. We all have a responsibility. We all have something that we need to do. But in the, the smaller sense, we see that there are times that God will put a special calling, not just call. Now, how many of y'all would agree that Paul was called to be a saint? Right? To be holy, to be just, be holy for I am holy. He's called to be a saint just like everybody else. But God put a special calling to be an apostle. So here's what we're looking at. Here's what we're looking at. Micah's servant, uh, 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 Lindsay's servant here at Temple. They are called. They are called uh, to be saints. They have been. They have been. They have shown to be true blue. They have shown to be faithful here at Temple Baptist Church. They have shown to be real and to be what they are supposed to be. But now God has placed a specific calling on their life to pick up and go to Uganda. You say, why are they doing that? Simply because they are called. They're called. Now, I, I, I will say this. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it. Come off the back, but it's, it's all good. I'm fixing to wrap around my neck so it don't move nowhere. We're getting used to this, guys. This, this really is going to be better for us, but I got to get used to it. But how many of y'all can be patient with your preacher? Say amen. Now, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can't do it without the call. 
You can't do it without the call. You can't do the things that, that need to be done because it's difficult, it's hard. I, the last thing I wanted to be, church, I've, I've told you this before, if you've been here any time whatsoever, you know that the last thing I wanted to be was a pastor. I didn't want to be a preacher. I didn't want to be a missionary. I didn't want to be an evangelist. I grew up a preacher's kid. I saw my dad go through all kinds of stuff that I didn't want to go through. I wanted to be a veterinarian, so when I fixed them, they didn't talk back. Say amen. I didn't want to be that. But you know what? I was called. Brother, Brother Dewan, you know how it feels. You cannot not do it because you're called. You're called. Even when it gets tough, you're called. I'm going to promise you this. If I hadn't been called, I wouldn't be here right now. And I don't, I, I, that's not a threat and that's not trying to be mean or anything. I'm just telling you, if it wasn't for the call of God on my life, it's not worth it. I'm just telling you. So preacher, what would cause a family to do this? They have been called. Now I don't, I don't like them leaving. Mike had come up to me and he said, preacher, he said, I feel like God's calling me to Uganda. I said, you got the wrong number. <clears throat> no, <laughs> he's not calling you. I, I, I want him to stay here. You know, that is what I would prefer. But guess what? If they are here out of the will of God, it's more dangerous to them and us. The safest place you could be is in the perfect will of God. And all God's people see it. Amen. So we see the Spirit's call. It says, the Holy Ghost said, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work I have called them to do. Amen. So here's what I want to, before we go to point two, I want everybody to understand this. We're all called. We're all called to be saints. We're all called to be disciple makers. We're all called to share our faith. We're all called to be missionaries right where God's planted has happened to be, where there is Holly Pond, where there's Berlin, where there is West Point, where there's Coleman, where there's Hartsville, where there's Hansville, wherever it is. But sometimes God will say, separate me, this family, for the work I'm calling them to do. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. Now, there has to be a spirit's call. You can't just say, I think I want to go to Uganda. Yeah. Or I, I, just, I think I'm going to be a preacher. Good luck with that. And by the way, I'm going to just admit, there's a lot to try that. There's a lot of people that look at ministry and think, oh, that's an easy life. They only got to work one day a week. <clears throat> I think I'm going to be that. I remember when I was 17 years old, I surrendered to preach. Finally, I knew I was called way before then, but I was too chicken to admit it because I didn't want to be, I, I, I felt like if I put it off, God would forget about it. <laughs> How many of y'all know God won't forget about it? I finally surrendered to preach, went to Plant City, Florida, uh, Brother Chuck Hollowell's church, there was a camp meeting, pastor's, pastor's fellowship thing, uh, uh, and, and the keynote speaker was uh, uh, Dr. Melvin Biggs. He's an incredible preacher, man of God. Man, he could outline the Bible like anything. I'm telling you, it was unbelievable. Had that big, deep voice like this. Hey, boy. Yeah. Navy, Navy frogman. Did three tours, three or four tours in Vietnam. Just a bad dude and could preach the pain off the walls. I was 17 years old. He was one of my heroes. We was at that service, and how many of y'all know Baptists eat at everything they do? 
Well, we was having dinner on the ground afterwards, and, and I, I went and got my plate, and I seen Preacher Big sitting there, so I sat at the table across the table from Preacher Big because I was going to tell him I surrendered to preach. Because everybody else I told that I surrendered to preach at 17 years old, oh, son, they was just all about it, love it, pinched me on the cheek, said, oh, we just knew it, you was the preacher boy, we always knew you was the preacher boy, oh, God bless you. So that's what I thought I was going to get from my hero, Preacher Biggs. I thought he was going to say, I'm proud of you, son. That's not what he done. I sat in that table right across from him. I looked at him and said, Preacher Biggs, I surrendered to preach this Sunday night. And I'm expecting all this, you know, proud and clapping. And all. He put his fork down and looked me dead in the eye with the most serious look. And you just got to understand. What his, you just got to know him. Brother, am I telling the truth, Brother Travis? I mean, just as dead serious as he can be. He said, Malcolm, he said, preachers are a dime a dozen. And that room was full of them. And it went, And boy, I started turning red because I could could just sense people staring at me, you know, because they heard what he said. And this is what he said. I'll never forget it. He said, but real men of God are few and far between. You know what he's saying? See, a lot of people try to do this, but they're not called. And there's a difference. So why, why are they going to Uganda? Because they have heard the, the call. But here's the thing. Even though there is a spirit's call, there has to be a surrendered Christian. There has to be a surrendered Christian. Paul and Barnabas had to be willing to go. They had to be willing to accept the call. And let me say this. Let me say this. It's obvious they have. It's obvious that Micah and Lindsay are are surrendered and sold out to whatever God wants them to be. But I'm not not going to address them on that because they've already showed themselves faithful and they're surrendered to it. I want you to know that you need to be surrendered. Does the Bible not say, does the Bible not say in Romans chapter number 12, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living what? Now, now that's kind of weird, isn't it? That's, that's kind of a weird statement to say a living sacrifice. You say, why is that weird? Because what does a sacrifice do on an altar? They die. So what in the world is he saying a living sacrifice? This is what he's saying. He says, this is what Paul is saying. God is saying to you, I don't want you to die for me. I want you to live for me. I died for you on the cross so you could live for me on this earth. So what is the sacrifice? What sacrifice comes into it? He says, I want you to die to yourself. I want you to die to your desires. I want you to die to your wants. I want you to die to your dreams and what you see for your future and say, God, what do you want from me? Surrender your life to him. I had plans. I had dreams. I had things I wanted to be and I wanted to do and I wanted to go. I had all that stuff, but I had to come to a place in my life that I had to say, God, your call in my life is more important than everything else I want to do. I want to do what you want me to do. And you know what I come to find out? His plan was way better than mine. Are you surrendered? Are you surrendered to what? And I'm not saying God's going to call you to Uganda. He might call you to Walmart. I know some of y'all think that's funny. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it to be funny. Y'all don't think they ain't sinners at Walmart? Go check it out. Hello. 
Listen, God wants you to be a witness wherever you are. But are you surrendered? Did he not say Jesus? That's what Paul said in Romans chapter 12. But what did Jesus say? He said, if a man's going to follow me, if any man, say it with me, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and deny yourself. Saying no to what I want. God, I'm going to deny what I want for my life, and and I, I'm going to deny what I'm looking for. And I'm going to surrender. Now, what is that cross? What is that? Now, now, we know the deny, that's not hard to understand, denying self, right? That means gonna be, being completely submitted, completely surrendered. But what is this cross business? I've, I've heard a lot of preaching on that. Now, you know, there's people say, oh, this arthritis that I've got, it's my cross to bear. No, that's not true. Some of you, some of you wives, oh, my husband is the cross I have to bear. <laughs> neither, one, neither one of that's correct. So what is he saying when he says, take up your cross? You got to understand the context of what Jesus is saying. Jesus came to this earth to die on a cross. Amen. Do you realize that Jesus said, for this cause came I into this world? When they, when they tried to talk him out of it, when they tried to talk him out of it, he said, Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. He said, don't you understand? This is why I came. Amen. I know I healed blinded eyes. I know I healed lame legs. I know I walked on the water. I know I raised the dead. I know I fed thousands one little lad's lunch, but that's not why I came. I came to be the lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And the only way that a lamb can take away the sins of the world is to die on that cross. In other words, the cross was his calling. Amen. The cross, say it with me, the cross was his calling. What's yours? What is God calling you to do? What is God wanting you to do? Who is he wanting you to witness to this week? Who is he wanting you to bless this week? Who is he wanting you to serve this week? Who is he wanting you to help this week? Who is he wanting you to pray for this week? Will you wake up in the morning and say, God, it's not about me. I'm denying myself. What do you want me to do? And pick up that calling and follow him. Amen. Follow him. Church, say amen. amen. Now, here's the cool part. Here's the cool part. What was number one in these three verses? First of all, we see number one, a, say it loud. We see a spirit's call. But then we see, number two, we see what? Surrender. A surrendered Christian. Paul and Silas, or excuse me, Paul and Barnabas said, hey, we're here. We're here. We hear the call. Yeah. Now, number three, this is where you come in. We've got, we've got a call. We've got a call that's been announced from Brother Micah and Miss Lindsay to go to Uganda to make disciple makers over there. Right? There's a call. Can y'all agree with me that we've got some surrendered Christians willing to go? Amen. We've got that, right? Amen. So there's two things we've got. Two out of three we've got so far. Well, the third thing I see, look in verse number three of Acts, Acts chapter 13. Look at, look at verse number three. Put it up on the screen there so we can read it. And when they had fasted and prayed, 
They laid their hands on them and they sent them away. Now, there's three things in this verse I want you to see. First of all, they fasted and prayed. They fasted and prayed. Now, write this down. A, the first thing we're going to do for Mike and Lindsay, we're going to pray for them. Now, when it says fast, it, it basically the point there is they took it seriously. You ever hear somebody pray for the blessing and it's so fast and it's so irreverent, it might as well not even got spoken? You know, and I'm, not, I'm, just make, I'm just using this as an illustration. You know, I, 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 my dad called on somebody to pray one time and he was trying to be funny. Uh, 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 through the lips, over the tongue, look out, tummy, here it comes. And y'all have heard that before. You've heard somebody, well, you know, that's, that's, that's just being lighthearted, being, it's just not taking it seriously. Are y'all with me? Well, they took this deadly serious. And they knew that the places that Paul and Barnabas was going to go was going to be dangerous places. So they didn't just pray, they, they fasted and prayed. In other words, it was dead serious prayer. They prayed for them. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for them. We're going to bring them up here in just a second and pray for them. But then look at the second thing they did. After they prayed for them, what does it say? They laid their they laid their hands on them. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? Doc, come get your glasses. I'm, I'm through with the reading now. And, and if I don't, I'll, I'll forget to give them back to you. Thank you, sir. What does it mean to lay hands on somebody? Does that mean, uh, 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 okay, they're, they're, they're putting authority on them or they're, they're bestowing upon them. No, 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 they ain't bestowing anything. Paul had already been serving. Paul was already filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul already had the authority of an apostle. Paul had all of that. So what did it mean for them to put their hands upon them? Write this down. They were proving them. Or a better word, they were approving them. They were affirming the call on their life. They were identifying with them. Basically, they were saying this, we are with you. We are with you in this calling. We are with you in this endeavor. We are with you in this mission. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. We asked him, we asked a missionary one time. I'll never forget this. I, I've been in church my whole life. I'm telling you, I've been in church my whole life. I mean, I'm, I'm back. I'm back when missionaries had that, had that. They said it in the first service. And I forgot what it was. You know, the little round thing with the, with the pictures in it. What is it? Slide projector. How many of y'all know what a slide projector is? Some of y'all old enough to know that, right? Hit the button, click, 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 and it just keeps on moving. I, I'm talking about, I, I'm, I'm, I go way back with missionaries and they're eating crickets and stuff. Say amen. And so out of all of this, most of the time, most of the time when you ask a missionary, what do you want or what do you need? What can we do for you? What do you need? It's either uh, we need tires for the vehicle. Uh, uh, we need a new roof on the church that we're building. Or, or we, need, we need some Bibles because they don't have no Bible. And, and they'll have this whole list of stuff and it's all good. You know, it's all good. And I remember when Brother Jeff asked this missionary <clears throat> and said, what do you need? Man, I'll never forget what he said. 
He didn't ask for tires and he didn't ask for building materials. He didn't ask for literature. He didn't ask for extra Bibles to give out. This is what he said. When he said, what do you need? He said this, almost getting a little emotional. He said, friends. Friends. Because when you're over there, you're away from everything you know, everyone you know. He said, you would not believe how incredibly lonely it is. And this is what he said. Knowing that we have friends that are with us. Now, what is the point? When they laid hands on them boys, they said, we are with you. Where you're going, we're going. Where you're at, we're going to be with you in spirit. We're going to be with you in prayer. And what Micah and Lindsay need to know from their home church, their family church, from Temple Baptist Church, that no matter where you are in the, in the country of Uganda, we are with you. We are behind you. You're in our prayers. You're in our thoughts. Hey, we're here. They need to feel our prayer. We don't need to give a little offering and ease our conscience, say, I'm done with the deal. No, no, no. We need to pray for them. We need to put their picture up on the refrigerator. We need to call out to God on their behalf every single week so they know that they've got a home, they've got a family, they've got a sending church that is with them. And all God's people say it. I want to ask you, before I get to see you, I need to know the answer to B. Are you with them? I said, are you with them? Yeah. C. C, what was A? What they do, first thing they did? Hey, put, put that verse back up there. Put that verse back up there. Verse number three. When they had fasted and prayed, that's, that's A, they prayed. They laid their hands on them, they proved them. They're with you. They, they're identifying with them. We have seen, and by the way, in the last couple of years that they have served and worked here, we've seen faithfulness. We have seen the touch of God on them. We have seen them serving. So, hey, we are with them. Church, say amen. amen. Then it says the last four words. Say it real loud. They. Say it again. Now, they didn't mean it. All right, we prayed for you. Arrivederci, sayonara, good luck, God bless you, Godspeed, see you later, alligator, don't even go to crocodile. What, what, what does it mean? They sent them, the word sent is, is, is a cool word. It means to release or to free fully. In other words, in other words, we have to release them here, free them up fully here so they can serve over here. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah. You see, Micah, we're, we've been in a transition period. We've been in a transition period from moving out of his responsibilities here at Temple Baptist Church. And he's having to go out and raise support for his family because he's not going to be able to ha have a job as a farmer over there because he's going to be running an orphanage and this is all volunteer work. So we have to raise money to support his family. 
And so we've been in that transition period from here. We are slowly releasing him from his responsibilities here, but we have to take the steps to fully free him physically, responsibilities, financially, so he can serve, go from serving here, say it with me, to serving there. What do you think? We provide. That's C. They not only, they not only prayed for them, they proved them, they said we're with you, they identified with them, and they sent them. We provide for them to go. Now, everybody look at your, everybody look at your title. Can we put the title... Can we put the title up there? Do you have that in one of those slides? Give me the title. Okay, that's, that's about three people on this side. I don't know where y'all at. Help me now. You ready? Say it with me. One more time, real loud. Do you realize everybody in here, you're either sent or you're sending? Now, in the context of what we're addressing today, Brother Micah and, 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 and Miss Lindsay, they are being sent. What are we doing? Sending. We're sending them. We're sending them. Now, our reach, our influence is going to affect little orphan children in Uganda. But it's going to happen through those who have been and helped by those who are doing the the sending. If that makes sense, say amen. 